Today's message was recorded for Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. I'd like to welcome you once again to Central Park Neighborhood Church. This is our midweek teaching time, and we have been looking at the subject of Joseph and the different houses that he was involved in, and each one of these houses, of course, represents seasons that he went through, and in the seasons he had many things that he had to learn in order to go from one house to the next house and one season to the next in the progression uh, of fulfilling the destiny that God had given him. God had given him a dream in his father's house, giving him two dreams, actually. And uh, then we begin to see the coming to pass or the fulfillment of the dreams that God had given him. It gives me this thought, you know, when God gives a prophetic word or a prophetic utterance, whether it comes through dreams or some other uh, form of verbal communication, you find that uh, one of the words for prophecy is the word debar, and the word debar means it has the power within itself to fulfill itself. So when God gave Joseph the dreams in his father's house, it set him on a path. And that path eventually would take him to being second in command uh, in Egypt under Potiphar, uh, being an administrator, a steward over uh, food products and different things, not only to the nation of Egypt itself and to the people, but the Bible also says to the nations. So he starts in his father's house. He goes from there to we looked at Judah's house and decisions into Potiphar's house. And when we come to Potiphar's house and, and looking at a little bit of review here, it's the house of uh, character development. Character development. Uh, development of attitudes and development of attitudes that would carry him and cause him to function in a prosperous way in his administration when he comes to the bigger setting, which was basically the nation of Egypt. Some of the things and the attitudes that he developed in the house of Potiphar was really an attitude of serving or a servant's heart. You know, he found grace in the eyes of Potiphar, and when he found grace in his eyes, the Bible says he served him. So he had a servant's heart, developed a servant's heart. It makes no difference uh, what ministry you feel you have or what you're functioning in or what you feel you're headed towards, one of the things that God will do is he will develop in you a servant's heart. A servant's heart. With a servant's heart, of course, comes submission. You know, the Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. And with uh, humility will come the attitude of, of submission and humility. They work together. And uh, they will benefit you. They will exalt you because the Bible says God resists the proud. Uh, Pride brings a man down, but humility and submission will lift you. And so God was developing in him those attitudes. They They were character developments. And when he is doing these things and serving Potiphar, Another thing that became a regular part of his life was obedience. If he was told something or given responsibility, there was an obedient factor that had to come into being. And likewise, in our own life, we need to be learn to be obedient to God, obedient to His Word, 
obedient to those who are over us and obedient to other areas of life that we find ourselves in a submitting or a serving role. And because of those attitudes, you know, he he developed a real work ethic and, and a work ethic with proper attitudes and the blessing of God brings him to the next place uh, of learning and growing in Potiphar's house. And that is the position that Potiphar puts him in, and that is an overseer. And we find that in Genesis 39, 1 through 4. Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. And the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he, what happens then? And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. So when he, it says that he was made an overseer, it simply means to oversee. It means a charge. In other words, he was given a charge, a place of responsibility. And in that charge or place of responsibility, he had to care for uh, the household and the belongings and things that belonged to his master, Potiphar. And another meaning of the word uh, overseer, which I find interesting, it means to muster, to muster. And so when we look at the word muster, we really think of something here, and that is it is involved uh, troops. It's kind of a military thing. And so when we find that he was made an overseer and part of this responsibility he was to muster, I want to give you another thought here. And this overseer, uh, being put in this position, he was appointed and it was by a mandate of God. We, we look at uh, God working through those over us and you see God was developing this young man to be a steward and what he did is put him under a man who needed a steward over his household and he put him in that position, and really Potiphar was doing that at the command of God, even though he may not have known it at that time. But the word muster here means to call troops together as for inspection, to see what you have. So when he was put over Potiphar's house, he was taking accounting of the individuals there. Number one, uh, what their strengths were, who they were, what they were good at, and what he could put them over so that they in turn, could also administrate and be fulfilled in their role in the house of Potiphar. So he was. that was part of the, this whole concept of muster. It means to cause to come together, come together. Um, I would rather believe that basically we find that uh, Potiphar was busy. He was an, an officer in the court of Pharaoh, and I would imagine he was away from home a great deal of time. And he needed an administrator to help him run his own household and all of his belongings and to keep things in order. So with him not being there, I would imagine, you know, we have this saying, uh, when the cat is away, the mice play. Well, I think probably some of these uh, <laughs> servants in his house, uh, you know, they probably out of sight, out of mind, uh, were doing some of the things on their own, whatever they wanted to do. So what did Joseph do? He had to come to bring them together, and he brought unity to the group. It means to call forth or summon up. In other words, call by name, relationship. 
I believe once again we find that uh, Joseph now is becoming acquainted with people. He is taking charge and he's learning people. He's learning their character. He's learning their gifts, their callings. And uh, there was a relationship forming between him and the household of Potiphar. The third meaning here, a gathering, especially of troops for service. So what's he doing? He's he's bringing unity. He's seeing what they have, uh, what there is in, their particular grace of God is bringing them together and in relationship. And he is gathering them for the purpose of serving and being fruitful in the house of their master. The next meaning, it means to enlist in military service. In other words, there is a responsibility here of discipline and order. I believe there was a lack of discipline. I believe there was a lack of order in this family. And the reason he was put in this position was to bring discipline, was to bring order to the house. Uh, the last part we want to look at in this whole mustering concept here, it means to muster out. In other words, to leave or be discharged from military service. I think and I believe that as he, he, he looked into the lives and uh, looked into the people uh, of what he had and what their abilities were, there was probably some of them that he relieved from their duties because really they were fulfilling and trying to fulfill something that they really couldn't do or they weren't really the person for the job. And so there was some, there was some people being moved from one position to another. And so they were being discharged, not in a negative sense. And I think sometimes uh, in the body of Christ, when we look, sometimes people take on things and are doing things that need to be relieved of those things. And someone else needs to take over. Someone else needs to take the full charge of that and run with it and uh, grant release to the one that needs to be released. And sometimes they find something else or they need to flow into something else that the grace of God is there for them in their lives. So we find then that Joseph the overseer, he is the overseer now of Potiphar's house. In Genesis 39.4, Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put into his house. His house, well that's what it, it really means, a house and it really is talking about especially the family. So this place of responsibility that he was given uh, not only was, you know, a, a responsibility of brick or sticks and stones, but it involved overseeing really the family of whom he was serving. And so uh, stewardship then is can be and is a, a little broader thing than we sometimes think of. Many times we think of stewardship and just in the realm of finances. But as we look at this, we'll find that stewardship is a much broader uh, responsibility and grace that God has given to each believer, each one of us. So first of all, it was his house. And then it says, uh, he's overseer over his house, and all that he had, he put it into his hand. All that he had. All. It's the whole. It's every. It's any. It's it's possessions. It's, it's everything. Everything. And where was it? It was put into his hand. And this word hand is an interesting word. It means uh, the open hand indicating power, uh, means, and direction. So when Potiphar made Joseph an overseer, he put him over his house, over his possessions, and then he gave him the right to make decisions concerning these things. 
He made, gave him right to speak direction into people's lives and into the direction of, of Potiphar's house itself and indicating power, which means he gave him the authority to do it. Sometimes uh, I've known people be, to be given responsibility, and uh, but in giving of the responsibility, the right and the authority to make decisions to run it uh, were not given at the time of appointment. You'll find that's a very frustrating place to be in. It's a very difficult place to be in. But in this case, we find Joseph being given uh, that. He was given the right. It was put into his hand. It was put into his power. And so consequently, we find then that he is appointed and he begins to administrate and to do that. So let's look at and define more fully now this, this concept of what a steward is because it really... Uh, being a steward, uh, as we look into his life, it has connotations for us to learn from and an example to learn from and points things that we are stewards over. So what is a steward? A commissioner, a person appointed to administer. It can be a territory, a province, you know, if that's larger things, or a household. So they're a person appointed, and they're appointed to administer. Uh, it can be a domestic manager. A domestic manager. So there's this concept and the idea of managing involved with it. A guardian. You know, there were many lives. We don't know how many lives that were in, uh, involved in serving in Potiphar's house. But uh, he was an overseer and he could be a guardian. And that involves the lives in the household of Potiphar. A house distributor. A manager or an overseer. A house distributor. Well, that would mean that maybe there's someone there uh, in the household uh, that has uh, something that they need to do, something they need to acquire. Well, what, what are they? They are a household distributor. They would distribute finances, distribute what was needed, amen, to fulfill the obligations that were put before him. It also gives us the idea of a treasurer. A treasurer. In other words, when we think of treasure, it's finances. So the overseer was involved in the finances of the house, the running of the house. And when you start talking about finances, there obviously needs to be accountability in that and a good record-keeping system and uh, a knowledge of what's coming up, a knowledge of what the daily uh, distribution needs to be, the monthly distribution, and so on and so on. So he was a treasurer. That's what a steward was. And... Uh, how did they get this position? How do we get this position? Well, it's by permission or it's an appointment and it's it means to turn over. So there can be an appointment by God. There can be an appointment by someone, uh, and especially in, in Joseph's life, there was an appointment made by his master, uh, Potiphar, and he was given full power. So that's how he received his position and that's how we receive ours. We're, we're appointed. God gives it to us. What were the responsibilities once again? Well, it was a dwelling by implication of family. It involved the family. It involved the lives and individuals, uh, the servants and the family in, in and under Potiphar's roof. And also the responsibilities, uh, part of some more of the responsibilities, it means to parcel out especially food or grazing to animals. So if there were a thousand sheep that belonged to Potiphar, well, it was a great uh, responsibility to make sure those sheep were pastured and fed and cared for. Uh, that alone would be a, a very large task. 
But you'll find that, you know, not only his house, but all of his belongings. If he had 16 donkeys, if he had four camels, all of these things come under the hand of the steward to, didn't have to do all of the daily routine of handling all of it, but making sure someone was there fulfilling the obligations, feeding the animals, caring for the animals, and basically giving an account to the steward and making sure it was done right. And if they needed instruction or if they needed adjustment, the steward uh, could do that. So we find then, we find then that the steward, amen, was someone that God appoints. God appoints. And what I mean by that, God appoints us to be stewards. And where did all this, where did all this concept of stewardship, where did it begin? Well, as we read Genesis chapter 1, right in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, we're going to find stewardship is introduced to mankind. And uh, let's read it here. The stewardship begins with Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, 26 to 31. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then this is what he says. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So he was given dominion. He was to tread it down. He was to sub subjugate it. He was to have dominion over what? Once again, what was he to have dominion over? Fish, fowl, cattle, creeping thing, and then it says over all the earth. So it wasn't the animal kingdoms and, and the fish and all of the birds, but it was over the whole earth itself. So he was to have dominion over it. The interesting thing here is that dominion was not just given to Adam, but dominion was given to both the man and the woman. So when it comes to stewardship and having dominion and having things under our care, it involves both male and female, husband and wife, uh, you're single, or so on and so on. We're given responsibility. We're given a stewardship. Dominion was never given for the purpose of man ruling over the man or over woman. Dominion originally in its purpose here was over cattle, over fish, over fowl, over the earth itself. And it was not uh, stewardship and ruling over mankind. God was the ultimate ruler in this situation, and he gave man a stewardship or an accountability uh, to answer for and given the authority to rule over these animals, the animal kingdom, and to rule over the earth. It was God's desire to rule through his highest creation, and the idea of stewardship fell upon the shoulders of mankind. So he's made all of mankind stewards. What did their rulership involve? The total earth once again. So God created man in his image, verse 27, in the image of God created him, male and female created he them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Once again, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So the concept then of dominion, amen, was given by God and given to all of us as human beings. And we are all stewards under the owner, God himself. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're not owners, we're stewards. And we get into trouble when we think we're owners instead of stewards. A steward simply 
manages the property, manages the belongings of God and what God says to do with them, then we have a responsibility to listen to him and to distribute and to do with them as God directs us. You know, the car that you drive that you think you have the title for and that you think you own, really it is not you, the owner, but it is God, the owner of the car, and he has the right to do what he needs to do, and he can take that car anytime he wants. I know at one time I had a, a little truck, and we had a, a visiting uh, missionary coming through, and the Lord woke me up early in the morning and said, I want you to put your truck title in the offering. Well, uh, I love my little truck, and uh, we had a little struggle with that, but basically I did that. I put the offering into that. We sold a truck and turned the truck title and the truck into money, and that was distributed into the mission field and uh, and, and so on. God was faithful. God turned around and provided something else for us, something else we didn't even have to pay for. You see, God is faithful. God is faithful. And when we are faithful stewards over what God gives us, you'll find that God is no debtor to us, but God, in turn, as an owner, amen, knows what we have need of. And sometimes that need is really answered because the owner comes and says, give up this. And when you give it up, you'll find what that does is it releases the owner then to turn around and to bless you with something else that you need. So, you know, stewardship for the believer today, uh, we'll just take a, a, a quick couple of moments here and look at some of these things that we're stewards over. Number one, obviously, is our finances. That's the big one that we that we deal with on a constant basis. You know, there's the finances for running your home. There's the finances and the responsibility of what you need to give back to God. And there's the area where giving to others is part of our finances. But Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Our first responsibility there is to give. So many times we want God to give to us when in turn says God says to us, you give, and when you give, it returns, amen, to you by others and God giving through others to you. So giving, there's giving to the poor. Um, and another area where we have, I have a responsibility and stewardship of is the simple fact that God has given grace to each one of us and that grace comes in the forms of gifts. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And there are several places in scriptures where it talks about gifts, and uh, we won't go into that at this particular time. Uh, you probably know the gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts that he has given you. And so that is a grace that God has given you. And God has given you that so that you can be a steward over it. You can administrate and you can use the grace and the gift that God has given you to minister to others. And so that's stewardship. That's stewardship. You know, you have uh, earthly, earthly goods, your house, your car, your motorcycle, your tool, your household furnishings, uh, anything you can think of that belongs or you think belongs to you, your clothes, uh, those are earthly possessions. Well, we're to be stewards over those things, stewards over those things. And the last one that I want to talk about is your personal life. You know, uh, you may not have thought about it, but you are really a steward over your own personal life. 
And what am I talking about this? It's because, uh, you know, there's times when you have to do things for yourself. And what I mean by that is there's times you might need to take a class to better yourself, to get a better job, uh, to learn more so that you can administrate in your family and with your children on a greater level. Maybe you need someone to mentor you in something. Uh, some, you need to come along some by someone who is uh, really has a great deal of knowledge in a, in a particular field that you need to learn from and to grow in. Uh, maybe it's a book you need to buy to read. You know, it's by you purchasing the book and you reading on the subject that you need to learn about, you will grow in knowledge. And when you grow in knowledge, uh, you will grow in your ability to administrate the, God, the grace that God has given you. So there's just a few thoughts concerning stewardship. Joseph was made an overseer. He was made a steward. And that is just a picture of us, of what God did for us in the beginning. He created man. He put him over the earth. He made him a steward. And today, all of us are stewards over the many, many things that God has distributed to us and through us. And so today, take consideration and ask yourself, here I am. I am a steward. God, how can I in betterment the stewardship that you have given me? The Lord bless you.